Awoga, this is a 12th cast. Hello and welcome to a very nice dwarf cast. Uh, we're doing <laughs> we're doing the episode that we decided a couple of years ago was the best episode, and that episode is back to reality. Uh, so uh, put that in your DVD player. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ian Symes. I'm joined by Seb Patrick. Hello. Tanya Jones. Hello. John Hoare. Hello. Jonathan Caps. Hello. And via Skype, Danny <laughs> Stevenson. Hello. He's not here, so we can mute him if he gets a bit annoying. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we're going to put a sting on in the edit, and, follow, <laughs> and that will be followed by some pips. So when you hear the long pip, then uh, press play on your DVD player or other device. Or else. Goodbye. Hey, 8 out of 10 cats prefer Ganymede and Titan. And look, it's that weird letterboxing thing again. Yes, uh, cropped or squashed? Squashed. squashed. I'm not sure which one I prefer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get both options at some point? Oh, you can piss about with your TV. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. on Series 6 it's cropped, isn't it? Is it? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Did we discuss this when doing Rimmel We did. <laughs> 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 the squashing yeah. annoys me so much, I think I'm going to do a fan recreation of this. With <laughs> cropping instead of squashing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just not bother with the weird red bars. I didn't realise how bloody grainy it was. It is a big TV. Yeah, this is a problem. This now that's a model shot. It is. It is. It's it also is a, a very good shot. model shot, <laughs> as it happens. That was implied um, in that tone. <laughs> and yeah, did they? Is this actually underwater, or have they put a filter shot through in front tank. of it? Uh, and also yeah. a blue yeah. filter put on in the edit that I don't think the model unit guys quite expected. Do I seem to recall? Uh, I've not heard that. Before. Well, you do. Whether that's right or not is another. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely Did recall, you recall it. correct. Well, Mike Tucker, if he's listening to this, can no doubt uh, get in touch and let us know because he's got nothing he better be. to do. <laughs> yeah. So we've got this. This is. I mean, this is an opening. I mean, given how funny is, this yeah. episode is, um, this is an opening that doesn't really open with jokes. It's throwing in a shitload of exposition yeah. to to set up where they are and and you know what's going on. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, the sort, of, the sort of tone that I'd want from Series 10. And it's this sort of thing that you get sometimes in Series 5 and you get a lot in Series 6, um, where you basically start off and it's life on the ship. It's just mm. not, it, you know, it's not. But there's usually, especially in 6, there's usually a big joke to kick off, because that's sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, big joke. But <clears> the actual situation is, you know, they're, they're you know, changing shifts or having yeah. a morale meeting. I mean, even then. It like, feels like normal life. Kind of the first funny ish bit here is. Building up Lister's, you know, scaredness and thing about the big fish, por- Leviathan porking its way through. There's not a full-on woofer of a gag probably no. until there. Birds swim south for the winter. It's worth bearing in mind that this is where the funniest deleted scene ever in Red Dwarf yes. comes from. Um, oh, yeah, <coughs> and I really wish Rim, that Rimmer's joke telling. Yeah, I've talked about before. It's yeah, astounding. Um, the weird thing about the deleted scenes is I, I can see one say, "Yeah, that's definitely funny," but. I never feel the same way about them as I do any stuff that's in any of the episodes, even if it, you know, the stuff that's not as funny because it's just not as ingrained. It's all like new, new stuff. Mm. This this is, is weird. Okay, this is dark as hell when you think about it. In this opening, <laughs> yeah. so we've we've not had a major gag, and we've got them discovering a load of suicides. <laughs> and the first proper gag, the dead fish, is 
about a suicidal fish. So, you know. <laughs> this is a good example of series five tone, really. Mm. It's yeah. It's also a good a example of uh, every single lighting setup has a different colour gel on it in <laughs> series five. Didn't do you guys do not a, think did... that the um, the, the little funny. fish that they're hanging? Do you not think it looks like Kevin, like as if it's like a rehashed model? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a deflated Kevin. <laughs> yeah, which should be a, a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you do an essay on gel use in Red Dwarf? Uh, or, it uh, wasn't just on that, but it was. But it was a, a large part of it. It was on this episode in the first five minutes specifically. Uh, I went to a proper university, obviously, where I could talk about Red Dwarf and that counted as coursework. <laughs> it's worth pointing out this is... Well, oh, do I have to say everything is worth pointing out? But it is worth pointing out this is some of the best-looking Red Dwarf ever made. Absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. looks astonishing. I think of the original run, Series 5 is probably the best-looking series, possibly more so than 6. Well, I guess Series 5, like, visually, is... It's a natural progression from three to four to five. Mm. Uh, there's a there's a marked change in six like, with the lighting and just the setup and the tone. But this is like this is basically yeah, the best. They, you've got a red gel on there. Are they meant to be in a lift <laughs> here? They are, and it because never quite that wall works, is tiled. <laughs> <laughs> I like that location, but that that's not a lift. That's a good swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like seeing the subtitles on this. Yeah. We mentioned the um, before. Uh, Neil mentioned that the uh, there's a dub from um, the Inquisitor on this episode. Um, when he shouts, "We have to go!" That is from the Inquisitor. It's exactly the same oh, dub line. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. Yes. That's always. I thought it was quite because I never noticed that before. But I wondered why that line didn't quite sit. And I think it's because it's from a different take, and it sounds you know. I, I, I love that with Cat. It's like the, 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 what causes Cat despair is having to be strong for the others. <laughs> <laughs> it does um, that thing you were saying about the dub. It it does ring true because you know the edit for this was a nightmare. Oh, it's taken from it? it's taken from another episode. Is it Terraform? Uh, Inquisitor. 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 Danny just said that. Oh, sorry. Can I just make what's possibly a really sorry. dumb observation? Am I the only person who's well, only just realised? Well, you know, Back to Earth. Obviously, the parallels with Back to Reality. I've only yeah. just realised that both episodes have Rimmer on his own, yeah. watching stuff yeah. on the screen while what? the rest of them go no, down. You're right. You are really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, I can't believe I've, that's only just twigged with me. Yeah. Yeah. Danny, why don't you I don't think I've watched Back to Reality since Back to Earth. Uh, threshold so. is spelt incorrectly. <laughs> Yeah, Shut up, I mean, Patrick. If, if you're listening to this and watching the episode, you should really turn on subtitles as well, because you get the full experience. Yeah. <laughs> Lister's hair is ridiculous Isn't in this it? series. I've got the hair of a rapist. Quietin's uh, mask. Quietin's <laughs> <laughs> mask. Oh, that's a, a, weird, that's a lovely shot of the just the shot through the radar of yeah. all of them looking at it. Look, I mean, that is terrific. Yes. Kill us, eat us, or hump us. I, don't, I want to know why. Um... There's a wallpaper available at Ganymede.tv. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is the audience that we need to be pushing the site. <laughs> Danny, just bear in mind, I can close the lid. <laughs> See again. I mean, this is all. I mean, this is all really well done stuff, but it's such a subdued opening, and it's for for what everybody remembers as the best episode and probably the funniest episode. Um, 
you know, there's there's not a lot of laughs here. To yeah, it's because it's building up to this big shock moment, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it, they it suits it better. It, it, I think the um, electronically generated shadow is the least successful. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder, and yet that shot of the the cockpit exploding is incredible. Yeah. It's funny it's you mentioned the thing about the the blue filter that might not have been intended by the model unit because it does actually obscure a hell of a lot yeah. of detail, doesn't <laughs> it? I've never really, it's never really clicked with me. Oh. oh my god, it's not real! I, I wish I wish we'd got the scripted thing of them actually being little uh, Computers. pixelated well, people. Well, it's on the deleted scenes. Of course, shit. yeah, they should. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd done it properly, yeah, as it was yeah. meant to be scripted. Um, it's alright, because they end up doing the claymation uh, <laughs> bit in the game, which is really good. Yeah. Now, this Bash. set is um, a redressed, um, gutted and redressed yep. version of... Holoship. Holoship. Oh, really? Yeah. So, bookending the series, actually. Yeah, not shot that way. Yeah, no. This, I mean, it's a great. So, I mean, given that it's a one-use thing, this is fantastic. So, I mean, Lissa's hair really is ridiculous. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a rapist. <laughs> and then we get the big. Yeah. <laughs> and this scene is the first bit of Red Dwarf that I ever saw, specifically this scene. Really? Because uh, my sister um, borrowed a tape of Series 5 off air the, like, the following summer. And um, both, everyone watched it but me. And so my family was going around doing Dwayne Dibley impressions, and I wanted to know why. It's a really it's weird a least, episode. It's yeah. the least appropriate scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely packed with character-specific yeah. gags. Well, it's, it's odd, isn't it, that the episode that is considered the best episode, you know, I mean, any time you poll anyone, this comes top. And it is Ooh. not one that you would show it's to someone for the first time. Yeah, no. It's like a piece of TV. But on the other hand, it worked on the level that it was a man with funny teeth doing yeah. a funny voice. <laughs> although, and the intricacies of it fell into place later. Although you've, you've undone my argument when writing up you know, our entry for this as best episode when I said it's not inherently funny that he's got big teeth, it's funny because it's <laughs> yeah, the cat and he's vain. Bear in mind that I was seven, yeah. so <laughs> it, it wouldn't be funny now. Um, it would for me. We've, we've just been talk talking over the entirety of Timothy Spall's scene yeah, which is one of the greatest guest appearances it is, and also just the fact that the subtitles bothered to put Midlands accents yeah. <laughs> just to well, I'm, I'm glad that they did rather than Brummie accent because it's a it's a popular misconception uh, that this accent is actually is black a yam yam accent yeah. yes uh, uh, watching this I just remember the um, bits in the documentary where we see Timothy Spall gavel his lines out <laughs> yeah yeah because um, he, he wasn't I'm, used to a student audience. I was really surprised that was included in the documentary, to be yeah. honest, when I saw that. Oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think his career is not going to suffer as a result. <laughs> I um, I saw him um, walking outside my work with his wife, and they were both clearly pissed. <laughs> it was about a year ago. There's a little story for you. <laughs> um, well, while we're on the, the revelation seat, has anybody kind of gone and got or looked into contemporary reaction to this episode and seen whether people who watched this who were fans as it went out, did anybody believe that this was actually genuine? Well, we at could the look at the news group. It did, didn't Was they? the news group around? Yeah, when they've this got was... Series 5 stuff on the news group. Really? Yeah, they've got Series yeah, okay. 1 stuff on the news group. We should have done that before Anders' research, really, shouldn't we? Holy oh, oh, fuck, good. they've got Series 1 stuff on the news not, group. The, not on Alt TV Red Dwarf, because <laughs> but there is contemporary reaction to Series 1 on uh, Usenet. 
Wow. That sounds familiar. John should have those things. I should get around to that. <laughs> that series of eight articles <laughs> at some point in my life. Me and John went to um, Birmingham Central Library in 2004 <laughs> to do the research for this. <laughs> <laughs> I was so glad it. I've got, um, is it the Telegraph being really snotty yeah. about Me Square? Which says, um, it gives a description of the episode and then it says, confused? The entire series has been a mystery to most of us. <laughs> What with Needless to say, Red, Red Dwarf had the last laugh. <laughs> oh, creaky <Ooh>. chair. <laughs> Danny's end. Rickety chair. Um, I can hear that. Yeah. The thing about this is, this is a this is a long scene in which the main cast have barely spoken. Um, well, luckily, it's Timothy Spall filling up. Well, yeah, but it's yeah. just again, it's interesting that the show did that. I wish I remembered how I reacted to this. I would have seen this as it went out, mm. and you like, had I been would have established been a, dwarf established one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, by this point. I seem to recall the story is that Paul Jackson got halfway through the script and thought they'd done it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the story that always keeps being. I mean, that's out. the story. But, uh, I said, don't guys, don't <laughs> make it all about <laughs> <laughs> I saw Paul Jackson in Edinburgh this year. He looked a bit dishevelled, but very nice. Yeah, good. Oh, he yeah. looks very nice. He's a, he's a bit of a silver fox. Yeah. Our connection lost. Oh, what? Have we lost Shit, Danny? we've lost Danny. We've lost Danny. Oh dear, what a pity. Alright, hold on. Let's keep talking. Let's keep talking. This is all fine. Hang uh, up. Crane's oh, got fuck. a metal head. <laughs> right. Now we're going to have the sound of it dying. Hold on. Danny. And now we've got a mute. Sci fi noises. Danny. Da- Danny. <laughs> <laughs> we're a real Mickey good. Mouse operation, oh, the, aren't we? The fucker's offline. Maybe oh, it's at his end. Terrible. Yeah, it's his end. He's offline. Okay, well. Again. Oh, hey! hey. hey. Okay, okay, nothing so, happened. Nothing so, should we happened. get back into this massively important scene that is <laughs> probably af- after the acting out scene? This is probably the most iconic scene in the most iconic episode. So, uh... so the, nurse, the nurse has arrived. Oh no, we've lost him again. Oh, that's a that's a hell of a reaction. <laughs> Again, it's just that that idea works because of what we know about the cat. It's just the idea that the cat could be Dwayne Dibley. Back when Dwayne Dibley was funny. Yeah. Do, do you think they went a bit overboard with the sound effect dubs in this episode? Is <laughs> <laughs> right, there any way to turn off the noise? I, I tried. Uh, because it goes every time it starts up, which is really fucking annoying. Oh no. No. <laughs> So whichever company Danny has his internet with, don't get internet with. Well, I blame the fact Probably that it's an Apple device. Probably Yorkshire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really, really associate, um, whenever I think of Yorkshire, I think of Plusnet Broadband. Yeah. <laughs> Good on it, Broadband. Heaven 17. <laughs> Stodgy Broadband from Yorkshire. <laughs> so, Red Dwarf, then. I like Red Dwarf. <laughs> uh, I like it when they say smeg. That's I, know, I really part, do like also. it when they say smeg, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's only funny if you find the word smeg inherently funny. I think this is about the fifth Dwarfcast where we've just said exactly this. I mean, yeah, but it's a handy fallback to let it go at some yeah. point. Well, we are consistent, at least. I think we need to freshen it up and um, maybe kill off a cast member. Yeah. But we'll come to that in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Good joke. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, I, it's a classic book. I did write um, uh, an article recently where I was talking. Well, it was just an excuse to scan in a 
British Empire program. Uh, Lee Flick given out the recording. But I did highlight that one of the episodes I really wish I'd been in the audience of is Back to Reality. Yeah. Whenever I think <laughs> of specific sitcom episodes I like to be. Uh, presumably, yeah. the whole um, bit of them actually as themselves rather than... Oh no, this bit would have been all done... This would have been in studio. Well, um, would have been in studio, but without because Isn't the there a story changes on the documentary about mm. they they had the the AR set completely covered up, and when they uncovered it, they got uh, gasped from the audience. You, I you, think I was on the documentary. I mean, if you just look at that Robert delivery just then, he's reacting to the audience there when he says "and swivel," and he gives them a moment to laugh uh, at it, yes. and then says "and swivel" before he carries on the line. So I'm pretty sure they are. They're reacting to an audience. <laughs> there. That's a lovely cutaway. <laughs> of course, Cat isn't bothered about any of this. <laughs> you doing okay, Danny? Is he there? He should uh, be. Oh, is it cut? I mean, this, this, this Rimmer bit is fantastic, but again, it's one of those that's slightly spoiled by having read the script book because you lose his explanation for why William Doyle would have become a down and out and it's a shame because it's really funny yeah. because it contrasts with his explanation for why Billy Doyle is there, in the Danny? game he thinks it's Lister Danny hello Roger oh, hey. <laughs> oh, uh, he's starting crazy you might, want to, you might want to cut me off and just do the thing through and then just call me back when you're doing it all right. Don't spoil what the next one is. Ruin the magic that we do. Say, right. say goodbye to the ladies and gentlemen. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> oh, oh. Goodbye. There, that was him. <laughs> we do apologise for those sound effects and sporadic we, damage. We also apologise for the genuine technical incompetence. <laughs> we could have predicted that, that was going to happen. We're going to have to iron that one out before we do the next episode. <laughs> anyway, the best episode of Red Wall. <laughs> <laughs> that we've not really paid any Look attention to. Look at the state to. of Craig Charles's feet. Yeah, that's Dirty Dirty scabs bastard. <laughs> <laughs> see, this, this is the bit, and you can see the cut where it's clearly being cut. Um, and it's just a real shame, because that whole, his elaborate explanation of William Doyle getting yeah. mugged... Um, I don't know. I mean, even more so than the Rimmer telling the joke, that should have been in the episode. Yeah, I, think. No, I, I don't know. I think it's yeah. It might have been a bit flabby otherwise. Mm. It's all really good. I am. It's, <laughs> it's all really good material, but I don't know. I think you need to get on to Lister at that point. Well, we need. Mm. Back he's to already he's already had the big old uh, blue chip stock old yeah, money I suppose. speech. We should do back to reality extended, and no one. I've never actually thought of doing that whenever I've thought of editing stuff back in. But this. Well, because Hollowship is the one everyone thinks of. But yeah, I think back to reality. Hollowship, yeah, you got, you got sort of over exaggerated how much was cut from Hollowship because mm. it was mentioned at a time. In, it was in Son of Soup when we didn't know what any episode yeah. had, and we assumed that that was a lot, but it wasn't. They would just have a bit of proof that all people called Sebastian are brilliant and successful and fascist <laughs> mass murderers. <laughs> <laughs> One of the few bits of the episode I don't think to work. I think this is really awkwardly staged. This kind of oh, well, the bit with them coming out walking past. I thought you were going to talk about the bit looking into the viewfinder for a minute there because it goes back and this is just fantastic. It's incredible, but just that bit where everyone's walking past camera saying things, I think, is really awkward. Yeah. 
But no, this is just amazing, <laughs> obviously. Why does Crichton not have a mascot? Because they're just not be bothered. No, I just they got, the, they got an upgrade for Crichton. I was going to say, yeah, I just wonder if, if it's to do with the fact that they're playing the well, game. Well, no, a downgrade is Series 3000 because they uh, have yeah. the faces. Uh, the bloke who's playing Crichton shit then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only the start of the game. He gets his upgrade. Um, That's true. Away. They've been playing that game for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but that just drives home how shit. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're already on Starbucks. <laughs> this is a beautiful bit of set dressing. There's yeah. posters. Yeah, yeah. It looks really, really good. And all it is is some fucking scummy underground car park. Yeah. And it looks great. But those aren't real cars. <laughs> Why would they have the sheets over them? Um, Long term storage, stop all the dust getting yeah, on them. Yeah. So. I think it's just more for the revolution. Of course. B47? Twin Peaks! You just peaked. This yes, is this is really twice. Did. My god. This performance is so unnatural and in almost any <laughs> other circumstance would be wrong, but it works absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love... And the, the tra- that's traffic control. I love the traffic control. Yeah. It's <laughs> a perfect callback. I love how he uses voters as like a pejorative term yeah. as well. But I always think of when I think you know, obviously uh, Simon Peel's username is Voter Colonel. I think of this character, even though this character isn't the Voter Colonel. Lister is the Voter Colonel. <laughs> yeah. This guy's just but, a cop. Yeah. But it's the way he says, Voter Colonel. Voter Colonel. Voter Colonel. Voter Colonel. Yeah, fog and bastards. Sebastian Dog. I mean, you can see his teeth opening, but from from the way he speaks, it doesn't sound like he's opening. That's uh, quite a bit, uh, a little bit of foreshadowing. He's the uh, um, section head of CGI, head of Ministry of the uh, of Alteration. <laughs> mastered. It's kind of odd how many kind of people's favourite episodes of shows end up being the atypical ones. Yeah, the yeah. format breakers. It's because they burnt it. Although, in an odd way, this is in some ways a massive format breaker. In another way, he's kind of the most classic kind of all elements of Red Dwarf, but in one And they go go out, encounter a threat, solve it, and have a little bit. And and given that it's Starbuck based, it's very Series 6. And yeah, as you say, doppelgangers, yeah, Yeah, massive recurring theme of Red Dwarf. The last episode to feature Red Dwarf before it gets lost is Demons and Angels. And it's kind of it's obvious why doppelgangers comes the big thing Red Dwarf because if you haven't got any aliens, what's the obvious mm. thing to go for? Yeah, <laughs> I love that shot. But it's also when oh, you look yeah. at that. Cut yeah, that's amazing. It's just oh, just last week on the doppelganger thing. It's also when you've got a cast who are good enough that can play alternate versions of themselves really well. Yeah, which the dwarf cast can. So. I love how underplayed that is as well. It's just yeah, but you know, there's no big reveal really. It's just, it's just suddenly that they don't make a big deal out of the yeah. reveal. They just cut halfway through a shot. It's and then fantastic. all of a sudden go into one of the best set pieces. They also the just expect well. you to understand exactly what's going yeah, on the moment you cut to it. There's one line from Holly. Yeah, and also it's faith in the audience. The best bit of budget dodging you've ever seen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they, uh, yeah, I mean. I don't even know what what there is left to say about this scene, really. (laughs) Uh, Crichton has more comfortable trousers on this scene. Possibly the anecdote of the fact that when I was in our our school play of Greece in 1999, uh, during the performance of Greece Lightning, when those of us who were in the chorus um, had to sit in um, 
the car Grease Lightning and pretend to be driving it in the background. Myself and another guy called Mike, who was also a Dwarf fan, did this sequence <laughs> during the song. Nerd. <laughs> no, Mike's, Mike's probably listening, so hello, uh, Mike. I do, whenever I watch the scene again, I always think of Chris Barry falling off the, uh, yeah. off the box. <laughs> Smeg ups. That's got to be Smeg ups. It's just ruined me. It's, uh, yeah. They've solved the space problem. When you hear a snake, you just run around just in a circle whenever you run no, it. No, like, but when you're a kid, if you were acting that out and playing yeah. it, that's exactly what you'd do. I love that burger bar song. It's a shit burger. Or I'll tell you what, this, this moment is so The Strangerers. The lighting uh, and the fact that they're down an alley and it's got that slight, um, you know, um, kind of anachronistic Americana thing to it. Um, this looks it's like a scene from The Strangerers. It's very atypical Red Dwarf, actually, the way mm. that looks. Luckily, unlike the strangers, it's quite good. <laughs> uh, Although there's a bit coming up that always annoyed me: is their heads are never quite properly in a line. Well, they're not thinking straight, are they? <laughs> well, you they're know. not shooting straight. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're not shooting straight, then actually their heads are kind of crooked. I'm also not sure, sure that the harpoon through. would actually kill them all the way that they've got it because it's. Just, it goes through Crichton first as well. Surely he's got the thickest head. You could probably set most of the dialogue in that scene to music. <laughs> this is one of my favourite performances of Hattie this scene and it's Hattie's last ever appearance in Red Dwarf today. so far um, we both said that as if we knew something we just hope <laughs> I do like the <laughs> well he's, he's cracking up this is beautiful cutting back and forth. Yeah, who and actually, I tell you what, I've, I've only just realised that there's more to that scene because I think uh, of that as being a little set, uh, but actually, Rub and Doug, you've got yeah. a whole area around it. It's well, a, it's outside, <laughs> isn't it? It's a yeah location, but it's a very it's a very good location, bit of like scene. I do think this bit is just ever so slightly anticlimactic when it cuts back to them. I can't figure out what they could have done. And I don't want to kind of wibbly wobbly effect over the road. Do you know what else that also applies to? Is Back to Earth. It it ends on that very really low key bit in the exact same way this thing does. It probably almost deliver it. It it really sticks out here because all the other cuts to and from are done absolutely perfectly. And then when it cuts back, it's not quite sold. They do have the big sound effect. Do they have the sound effects? They effect? do have a... They, oh, the same sound effects when Lake yeah. Dwarf comes back in Demons and yeah. There's I something good's oh, happened. Yeah. Robert's delivery there, just the way it's just so matter-of-fact, because he is so mind-meltingly <laughs> sure. This is, I mean, I think Dwarf's done a few endings like this, and it's done a few moments that kind of pick at little character things about the characters, but the thing about this one, this is the most dead-on for each of the four of them. Yeah. Yeah. The reasons why they would have been driven to despair yeah. are absolutely dead on with the characters and that's part of the reason why it's so good and so convincing the moral conscience of the crew which I keep bringing up yeah. every opportunity with this stuff but yeah. there it is it's an easy thing to forget but it's absolutely the case yeah. I thought he'd just take curry <laughs> <laughs> you can curry calamari it's, it's obviously quite an interesting dog because of, in Last Human the whole thing about the alternate version of Lister being a complete sociopath yeah this is this is an odd little last bit. I'm not sure. I'm, I do like it. I don't know. I'm Crichton's sure. gag is good. I'm but. not sure it entirely works. I always and also I really dislike the final effect shot of the boosters. It looks like a well, it looks like a bad video effect because it is a bad video effect. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it, it was done sort of. It looks like what it is. It looks Idiot like, in a dress. 
No, that's not right. <laughs> I think what makes this odd is not if it ended there, that works as a joke ending. It's the fact that you've got the Rimmer line. The Rimmer line isn't a joke. It's Rimmer saying, hit the retros. <laughs> it's reflective. And then they head off. They go for reflective. Well, this is the... No, the rubbish! <laughs> <laughs> and and also, this, star, can, this, this fucking starscape is awful. Look at those bloody blue blobs. It's a can, can, can I just no point out not that we, to use Red Dwarf? Go on. <laughs> Well, we've, we've just sat here and done a commentary on the episode that we all declared to be the best episode of Red Dwarf. And I think we've been more critical than any commentary other than Series 8. But to be fair, so few people are actually critical of the bits. And I suppose it's worth picking up. What else is there to say yeah. that we haven't been saying... Oh, that's brilliant! I mean, would, would, oh, that's brilliant. would any of us now disagree with the notion of it being no, the number no, one episode? No. No. I don't know. I don't know. I saw people too recently. I've, I've, <laughs> always found, I've always found it difficult to put anything in order of ten. Yeah, ten. that is true. It is a little bit trite, isn't it? Um, but it's a. It's it is an real. exceptional episode. Yeah. Yeah. So there we have it. The the GNT favorite episode. Final verdict. I think I think we did it justice. We had uh, <laughs> massive, massively distracting technical problems. Um, we just disappeared halfway through. <laughs> anyway, that's the Lo- end of that podcast. Then, unless were you about to say something. No, sir. I love you. No, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Yeah, goodbye. Space Corps Directive 5011708109712 says all dwarfers must listen to Dwarfcast. Uh, uh, Mr. Rimmer, sir, I think you'll find shut up right, and I'm right. www.ganymede.tv The Garbage Pod is a wholly remarkable book. Perhaps the most remarkable, certainly the most successful book, ever to come out of the great publishing corporations of Ganymede and Titan. More popular than Norman Lovett's autobiography, better selling than 53 more things to do in Chloe Annett, and more controversial than Ulan Kalufid's trilogy of philosophical blockbusters, Where Ian Lee Went Wrong, some more of Ian Lee's greatest mistakes, and who is this Ian Lee person anyway? And in many of the more relaxed civilizations on the outer eastern rim of the galaxy, the garbage pod has already supplanted the great Andrew Ellard as the standard repository of all red dwarf knowledge and wisdom. Because, although it has many emissions, contains much that is apocryphal, or at least wildly inaccurate, it scores over the older, more pedestrian work in two important ways. First, it is slightly cheaper, and second, it has the words foaming twat inscribed in large, friendly letters on page 133. Buy it now at ganymede.tv.